everybody to the second season of Countdown to BoJack Season 6, a different type of podcast for you to listen with the episode. Today we'll be watching Season 2, Episode 1 called Brand New Couch. And for this episode, I have as my guest, Wes. He's from Texas. Welcome, Wes. Hey, Lika, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for watching this episode with me. Hey, I got to ask a quick question. Are you wearing the beanie? I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, but you can picture me wearing that. Okay, but fair enough. We don't want to jinx anything. Yeah, but it's too hot here in California, so no beanie for today. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry to debunk the whole mythology <laughs> of the character. <laughs> no, it's all but good. No, no, no. Oh, it's a cute hat, though. Oh, uh, thank you. It was actually a gift from the people on the show. They invited me to visit the studio and I met all the directors. And they gave me this super cool swag bag and the beanie was there, so... Oh, jealous, so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would be too if I, if I were in your shoes, but <laughs> they were pretty nice. They thanked me a lot. That's It's really free cool. marketing for them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but tell me, how did you discover the show? What is your relationship with BoJack? Oh, so I probably didn't jump on board. I probably tried it the first time after like when it was around in season three and it was streaming. Mm -hmm. So I watched maybe a couple episodes because I'd heard some good things about it. But honestly, I couldn't get into it. I just it just wasn't clicking with me. And then somewhere about a year ago, I decided to try it again. And I don't know what what it was, maybe life events in my life had, had changed my perspective on things, but suddenly it was a lot funnier than I remembered, but it was also a lot more poignant. There was uh, one great thing about the show is they tackle issues that a lot of people, I think, tend to want to avoid, and they go to some very uncomfortable places and address them in a really interesting way. So it just really connected with me. Yeah, I understand that feeling perfectly, and I'm glad that you tried BoJack in a different moment because you didn't miss all the fun, right? Oh, man, and it is so good. Yeah, so yeah. good. What do you remember from this episode that we are about to watch? Like, how do you tackle this whole brand new attitude thing we're about to see? Because I think it's so funny. It is. It's great. Like, number one, it's, I think it's relatable. I think every one of us has probably been in somewhere in a position where things haven't been going well. Maybe life has, you know, kicked you in the teeth a couple of times and you decide that maybe the problem isn't life, maybe the problem is you. And mm -hmm. so you think you can fix it by changing your attitude and, and doing a 180 and maybe just a new outlook on life will change things. And the cool part about that is, while I think those are noble things to do and I think they're important for self-evaluation, uh, I also mm -hmm. think it's kind of ludicrous to think that you can flip a switch and your attitude and your outlook suddenly become different and everything will change as a result of that. And so I think this episode does a great job in kind of poking a hole in that myth. I can relate to that completely because I am a master of trying new things to see if I can change my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, this is the, and, and it pokes fun at kind of the, how we, we monetize the self-help industry and it's just become oh, yeah. this, you know, way to, to almost fool people into thinking that there's a, a quick way to fix their lives and, mm -hmm. and clearly there isn't. Um, but again, As, as this show is so, what, what it's so good at is skewering those assumptions and those self-deceptions that we have 
and kind of making us go back and look at them again in, in, a, in a different way. And, and we realized that, wow, maybe that wasn't the best way to approach that particular issue in our lives. Yeah, so let's see, let's watch it. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, so if you're listening to this, now is the time to press play right after I say three. Okay, so one, two, three. All right. Here we go. Oh, we start right with a flashback. Look at the details. Look at look at Beatrice's lipstick. That's incredible. Yeah, on the cup and on, and the, on the cigarette. cigarette. And they have the whole BH monogram on the thing because, of course, rich people like to put their yeah. initials on everything. Oh, this is like my favorite part of the whole episode right here. Why is that? It's right. <laughs> it's a salad plate, you peasant. It's <laughs> <laughs> an amazing line. It's a it's a great way to offend someone. Like you don't even know what kind of plate is that. Oh yeah, well it's it's she's so condescending to him. Yeah. She's always uh But of course butterscotch has a multitude of problems too. Oh yeah. They're both problematic. I wonder if that that's why they end up together. Uh, that's a good like way to make a good point. They were both running away from their lives, so they met at this time, this weird time. I, I I adored the season four because of that, because how they show uh-huh. how two problematic person can oh, meet at a certain these are time. Damaged and, people. Yeah, completely. Okay, I always love the intro. Oh yeah, it's really good. I love the little the changes like, from yeah, as, as things I, I happen was in the say show. That. Yeah, like you, how you get to see different aspects from Bojack just for that. Oh, there <laughs> we go with the secretariat. Thing. And now we're on the set. Yeah. And there's but he's not Jackson, wearing Jackson. the. Oh yeah, great character from this season. The one I always remember though is the is that little lemur who's passed out in the on the chair. She's like always the same. Yeah. I think it's a party animal, you know. <laughs> They're <laughs> always exactly. there. Every exactly. time there's there's a party, they are there. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And okay, uh, back to reality. Oh, look how early he is getting up. <laughs> oh, that's a change already. Yeah. And having George Takai voice this was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're an audiobook. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> that they didn't show Bojack buying a new... Um, Tennis, because that's like, yeah, step. no, no, like, no, I need no, a no, new absolutely. tennis for that. Oh, there's the <laughs> Baron Ottoman from the party. Oh, yeah, I, I, new I love how they carry those details over. Mm-hmm. He even changed the painting. Oh, there oh, yeah, goes that's the right, that's old right. Ottoman. <laughs> Bye. It's almost like, okay, season one is gone. We're going to no, a new that's, season, that's, that's new a great, furniture. That's a observation, yeah. of my life so fun. 
Oh, all the acronyms. Oh my god. So this is the other great part is is right here already off the bat we're we're making fun of all these attitudes and and then of course hashtags. Yeah, it's almost like um, a coat, you know. Well, it's like totally it, poking fun at pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> Life is a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> but and Bojack goes straight to a heel. Like he doesn't even try. Like let I me know, try lighter. This, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he goes straight to the worst part of it. Uh, did anyone ever catch what's on his mon- what's on Vincent's monitor? Uh, it was some graphic, but very um, generic. I was always curious if there's like an inside joke in there. Yeah, no, but I, I keep wondering what the hell was he doing? That is like take your kids to the work <laughs> day. <laughs> well, clearly he's not the only one who Princess Carolyn's not the only one he's fooled. Yeah, no. Uh, he might be one of those. Slam. What? That was a little Belushi joke there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's stretching on the table. <laughs> so keep moving. <laughs> I think I think this is the, my favorite relationship in the whole show, in the whole series, is with these two. They're, they're not dynamic. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's problematic, like all of Bojack's relations, but it works. Yeah, well, I mean, they they, they both, they're totally codependent. Yeah. He needs her for validation, and, and she needs him to fill a void in her life. Yeah, like she likes to take care of people when Bojack demands that kind of attention exactly. all the time. He can't take care of himself. Yeah. I just but noticed I, that the I, fountain's a fire hydrant. I never caught that before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, uh, I guess, I think dog jokes are my favorites because they're so hilarious, like r- almost ludicrous. But oh, these, are, these are so good. I can't stop thinking about season three and how the whole dynamic between Bojack and Princess Caroline gets so screwed up at that point oh, yeah, when she absolutely. when he fires her and everything. But at this point, they're still fine. Oh, I didn't notice too. Uh, there's a silhouette on the wall, just like there was in in his parents' house. Yeah. Okay, that picture there on the on the little desk, the little purple one, is that a butt? Yeah, it is. It's a lot of butts in the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the great things when you when you watch it the first time, watch it the second time, and you kind of oh, get yeah. all the plot and the dialogue down, then you start looking for all those little inside jokes. Yeah. That's the reason why I was born. <laughs> yeah, I think there, the- there's so many of them crammed in there. The show expands so much when you start to realize those little things and the whole uh, continuity stuff, like we, like the Ottoman we saw. Uh, it's great. Yeah, well, the, the the ability to take a joke and carry it all the way through, like Hollywood. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's awesome. 
It is. And I don't know, it gives a sense of reality and consequence in a show that is so absurd that is is great. Yeah, the continuity kind of gives you something to hang on to. Mm -hmm. I still can't believe that's Alison Brie. That that blows me away. Yeah, she's so great. (laughs) (laughs) The whole metaphor. Everything is a metaphor. Everything's a metaphor. That's right. Oh, and now there's so much going on on this set. The whole Kelsey Jannings angle always blows my mind. Um, Why is that? Just because that dynamic is totally messed up. Oh, yeah. And then the way he tries to, to fix things in Fish Out of Water... And he, you know, he screws that up too. Yeah. And you can see that he has all the right intentions, but he just don't know how to do that like no, in a normal no, the, way. The way they've, yeah, the way they've written him, he, he clearly cares about people, but he just can't express it and he can't follow through. Yeah. It's actually really hard to communicate um, when you don't have... Uh, kind of reference point like he couldn't communicate to his own mother so of course um, that's gonna affect uh, a lot of other relationships in his life yeah well every relationship he has in the show is is fractured in some way yeah (laughs) 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 it's Cliche after cliche after cliche. Absolutely. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, and I also love Lenny Turneltop's toupee. And now begins one of the coolest uh, running jokes of the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, and I always like oh, to ask people their opinions. Yeah, what is your views on Pan? Oh, come on. I mean, the guy is a, is a complete D-bag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, but he... a perfect he... example of someone who doesn't do something because it's the right thing to do. He does something because he wants to be seen doing the right thing. Yeah, but when he's seen, like, when people see him doing those stuff, they actually gave him, give him more money to do more stuff. So is that correct or not? Or but, I don't but know. But I think that's what they're tapping into, the moral ambiguity of that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a very complex character. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's bad that he's doing the right thing, but for the wrong reasons, but he's still doing some good. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's it. It's it's complicated. God, it's complicated. Yeah. It's hard to watch actually when he's like just passing by people, like not even recognizing them. Absolutely. Ha <laughs> ha. 
hard to watch. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, uh, watching someone else be embarrassed is is a hard thing to do. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm I'm a terrible actor. I think if I were if if I needed to act someday, I would act just like he did. Okay, yeah. I'm sad. Secretariat is sad. <laughs> like the most obvious oh thing. God. Oh yeah, poor Deborah. <laughs> oh, look at the turtle. <laughs> Such a great joke. Oh. Oh my. Every time there's a horsing around flashback, you know, there's gonna be something painful. Oh yeah, totally. Next to it. Either is Sarah Ling or his mother, like Beatrice. Ah, I love more details. Look at that pillbox hat she's wearing. The watch is wearing? Pillbox hat. I don't know what is that. I'm I'm not sure if I know that word. Yeah, it's a it's an old style of hat. It's what Jackie Jackie Onassis made it famous. Oh, so it's like to mark a certain. Um, it's it's it's, era. A, it's a height, you know, like considered very uh, very classy. Uh-huh. At least back in the day, it was very high fashion. Like, high fashion, yeah. But with the touch. Like made to be wear by a horse, like with the exactly. two holes. <laughs> hey, you know, the interesting thing is when, when later on we see her when she has dementia, you notice mm-hmm. that that lipstick she smears the lipstick on her teeth. Oh yeah, that's Actually, a great detail. We're gonna see we're gonna see this later on on this episode, so it's a very early stage of dementia, I guess. <laughs> uh, Todd, I love Todd. Oh, thank God. I love how they balance, like, the emotional stuff and the (laughs) comedy stuff. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) 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 She corrects him. (laughs) Wider, obviously. (laughs) Poor Todd. (laughs) He's always the first choice for Bojack. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Ruta Baga is right there on the top three characters that I hate the most. Oh, yeah. But you gotta love Ben Schwartz, though. He does a great job. Oh, yeah. It's a great actor. <laughs> what, why? <laughs> uh, oh, Jackie O, there we go. Yeah.
Oh man, they do such a good job skewering these people. And they're getting like more and more uh, talents as the show became popular. That is so cool to watch yeah, that well, happening. Uh, I love a lot of the voice the the voice actors they bring on. Yeah, I guess maybe one of my most famous famous and favorite ones are is. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda that they got for season four to make. Okay, what, what character uh, did he play again? I think he was Cracker Jack, like the guy who sings with oh, uh, Beatrice's right. mother. That's right, that's He's right. He's so great. So I can't remember the name of the episode, but the one where they they film um, Hollywood stars, what do they know? Do they know things like mm-hmm. find out? Yeah. The one where they actually filmed that, the assistant in that episode... Um, is uh, Mia McKibben that's the character's name and the, the actress mouse. that voices it is uh, Tatiana Maslany uh-huh. from Orphan Black and Orphan Black is like my favorite TV show ever oh awesome so <laughs> she does she does the mouse who, really cool. who competes for the pen with Tom exactly exactly <laughs> it's such an absurd plot like it's so ridiculous but I guess the actors must have a lot of fun like doing that. I am I am really curious on a show like this how much of this they let people just kind of go on their own or 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 you know ad lib or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know I think I've heard some uh interviews saying that Paul left Tompics who does Mr. Peanut Butter yeah, does yeah. a lot of improv improv. <laughs> Well, that's his, that's his so specialty. Funny. His, his, yeah. He does a bunch of, uh, he's in like two or three different acting troops that do improv in LA. Oh, yeah. He's really good at it. They say that he's really good at live shows. I hope I can catch one someday. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I, didn't re- I didn't catch the alarm clock back there. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so he's literally living out of the back of the car. Yeah. But but he's gonna come back for the couch later. Oh, now there's socks and underwear. <laughs> uh It all evolves. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. Oh, I like how the two doctors are lookalikes but one is an animal the other is a human oh that's funny yeah they do that a lot <laughs> his tongue it's really funny. <laughs> oh my gosh i'm pretty sure that there's this kind of technology going on on hollywood already <laughs> yeah well i mean that's amazing when you watch some like some of those behind the scenes like oh, yeah. clips and you see how much stuff is actually green screened. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. Or when they do, they put like actors to voice dragons or something. It's, it's so funny to watch like oh, the right. acting. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You're right. Oh, that's really important. Yeah. 
Like, you can't expect your job to make you happy. Sorry, Bojack. That's not how capitalism works. No, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) I think the writers have a lot of fun making fun of writers on the show. (laughs) Definitely. That's so Mr. Peanut Butter to do, like to make him CD. Amazing. <laughs> and you notice that Todd is now sleeping in the trailer. Oh, yeah. Because he was no, on no, the car. Yeah, that was that joke you were talking about. That's the impression that I get. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Todd pretty much goes everywhere that Bojack drives him at this episode. But now things have but, changed. But that's. Like, Again, metaphorically too, right? Oh, yeah. He just goes wherever Bojack takes him. Yeah. Whether it's physically or in his life. Yeah, but in this... I I think it's the next season that he goes away from Bojack's house. Yeah, so I'm glad you keep up with this because I haven't been able to really track a whole lot of what's going on with the season six rumors or anything. Yeah, actually, it's, it's just speculation at this point like half of the fandom think that diane is gonna die on the next season yeah i've heard that the other half thinks that bojack won't stay in rehab like for more than five minutes so it's hard to know i have no idea what to expect from todd to be honest because um he's growing so much that i don't know what is the next step for him yeah, but I want to. I really want to see Todd to, like do something that makes him happy. Yeah. And I don't know. If that's He's the thing with this show is if anybody ever comes away happy. Yeah. What is happiness in the first place? Right. It's not something that you can achieve. And I mean, even some, even Mr. Peanut Butter, you know, ends up in some pretty dark places. Over the course of yeah. the, the, the series. Yeah, especially the last one with the whole, oh, I ruined my wife's thing and yeah. I never grow and they outgrow me. That's That that shows some kind of growth to his character that I want to see how they develop that uh, with the whole Pico situation. And you caught that when he says that. That's a that's the reference to uh, Dazed and Confused, Matthew McConaughey's character. Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> It's a great one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess a jerk. Completely. He uses Princess Caroline in a way that is so low. But everybody uses her. That's the that's the really crappy part. Yeah. Bojack uses her, so yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, you can see the lipstick, the lipstick in the yep. scene. Yeah. 
terrible. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, that's a terrible joke. That is really harsh. Monster. That's heavy. Yeah. This is a serious downer. And I wonder what is the point of saying that to your own son? Like, wh what is the outcome that she expects? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I think it's to kind of take some of the blame off of her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And he does the same, the exact same thing with Princess Caroline later on. Like, yeah. he calls for another completely reason. <sighs> Perfect. Yeah, Bojack is great at doing these sharp endings that let you like hold in your chest, like, oh my god, why do you have to be like this? Yeah, it's pretty brutal, no doubt about it. Yeah, I can't even talk when I'm watching that conversation between him and Beatrice because I keep thinking about the thing that she says this is your birthright you were born broken like is she speaking metaphorically like <laughs> everything is a metaphor <laughs> um, well, yeah yeah right does he have like something really wrong going on with him like is the dementia something genetic that he can expect to attack him very soon I don't know I keep wondering uh, what they really meant by this yeah I it's a good. It's a great question, and what I always wondered whenever I, I hear that conversation is, you know, sometimes people want to use genetics as an excuse to explain away things that they don't like or that that are unpleasant. And I almost kind of get the sense that what she's describing is, uh, you know, there's nothing anyone can do about it because you're just this way and you're always going to be this way, and that clearly, you know, puts in sharp contrast to what. The whole episode was about right which is him mm -hmm. trying to turn his life around and, and take this positive attitude and she's basically telling him don't bother it won't do yeah. any good and you're right that's a horrible thing for a parent to tell a child but i think that just reinforces the fact that beatrice is well like she said i'm a monster so and she's just replicating the same behavior that she had from her own parents, especially her father. So right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> What's fascinating then when you see Bojack's interactions with Hollyhock, especially when mm -hmm. he thinks that that she's his daughter, you can see that he's trying not to. On one level, he's trying not to make those same mistakes, but on the other level, on another level, you can kind of you can see he's resigned to the the idea that this is just going to happen. This is just who we are. This is genetic, and this relationship's going to fail. And I think, you know, for, for the writers, for his character, I think it becomes a failsafe, right? He will always end up not doing what he should do. He'll quit because things get hard and, and use that as a crutch to say, look, I'm broken and nothing can fix me. So. It's funny that I think that he's different with Hollyhock, mostly because 
her own approach to life. You know, he's she's so full of life that she ends up teaching him how to be different, more than the opposite. You know, and yeah, no, I think no, that, that's beautiful. Absolutely. You can learn something from your children, but Bojack just couldn't do that with Beatrice. She was too stubborn. I don't know. It's well, hard to yeah, a different different day and different time. You know. There's that also. She was born in a whole different generation, so that and helps she's too. A very domineering woman, and Bojack doesn't have that same quality necessarily when he interacts with Hollyhock. What's amazing to me is that you can have a show that takes such a dim, bleak view of humanity, and yet it can still make you laugh, and oftentimes ironically. Um, but oh, yeah. every once in a while, there's these little, like, you know, flowers that poke up out of the out of the ash that was like the city that was you know leveled by the volcano and these little, little these little bitty flowers every now and then of, of hope and inspiration kind of pop up and you kind of hang on to those because otherwise it's I mean you think about it I mean, it's pretty bleak the way they the way they treat people and relationships and parenting and things like that it's not a particularly optimistic show not at all but uh, I think First of all, that's really beautiful, the metaphor you created oh, <laughs> of <thank> the you. <laughs> volcano. <laughs> and thank God they do that, because otherwise, like, what's the point? And I had this problem with Bojack, especially when I watch it for the first time. I remember when I watched it, uh, season five for the first time, I got really depressed. Like, the main character of the show reached such a low point in life because of his addiction and everything right. that was like right. I was questioning myself what the hell am I doing and like enjoying and praising the show that shows such a damaged character I had to take a step back and distance myself a bit from the show to understand what they were trying to show us by reaching such a low point for him sure. and then I was able to see all of the good things and then you can see all the jokes and all the hope that they put there it's essentially what you say like they sprinkle a little bit of hope and joy and and optimism <laughs> with Todd I think with Hollyhock they brighten up a little bit the mix it's really good yeah no no you're you're absolutely right I think the first time I tried to watch it I couldn't get past like the first two or three episodes and I was I was like oh my god this is so depressing and there's mm -hmm. nothing redeeming about this character and You have to, you know, you have to give it a little while. You have to buy in a little bit. And, and I don't know, uh, I'm not a critic or, and certainly I'm not an Emmy voter or anything like that. But I think Will Arnett's job that he does with the character is really amazing. It is. I mean, just because obviously he, all he can use is your voice to convey those, yeah. those feelings and, and thoughts. And he does such an amazing job getting you to sympathize or at least empathize with on some level is a kind of despicable character you know but but he's yeah. not because he, he brings some humanity or horsemanity i guess maybe the better term um <laughs> to the character right and that's a pretty awesome thing that he does i'm really hoping that the future episode gets that emmy next month because that's mostly him and the writing like he's just Right. reading some good story that someone told but with the right emotion and it's it's amazing so I, i saw the you posted and then the official instagram account for the show posted the for your consideration ad yeah and 
I really think they, they the, and that was, and it's good, but I think they missed out because I, it, to me, it should have been a mirror with the words, you are Bojack at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's it's pretty totally much. spoof off that you are secretariat thing from the show. That would have been, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Because it's mostly about him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the, the whole account is all about him and, and well, being you know, the big star of the too, show. Right. On some level, I think what they what they want, and I think what what Raphael wants out of this, is for you to see some of yourself in Bojack. Yeah. Right. He wants you to see how maybe you kind of fool yourself into into believing things that aren't real or maybe you're not as as uh, you as a person right mm-hmm. maybe you know you use people more than you think you do maybe you're not as kind as you think you are and, and, and in that sense i think the show can be somewhat therapeutic right you can see yeah. what he does and then he, he does get these brief moments of redemption here and there and i think that's kind of what we're what we're supposed to hang on to yeah, and it's important to see that and to see how everything has consequences. I guess that's what they try to do in season five, like to help Bojack accountable for the things that he done. Because at some point, it was cool to be like Bojack. So I was like, oh, I'm like this horse that drinks all day and and do whatever he wants with everybody around him and they are still around they are still his friend and it's okay so in season five things took another turn like it's not okay like you're hurting people when they are getting away from you like if you yeah, see you face bojack is, yeah and bojack is mostly alone in the house for the whole time and that's important also to see that you cannot hurt people and expect them to be around so it's okay if you see yourself in bojack but also know that you might face some consequences to be so much like him so there's actually there's a lot of ways to relate with the character in different approach so that's the beauty of it yeah no it's 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 an amazing show it is definitely one of my faves right now and one that I recommend to people to watch if they if they haven't. I'm glad it's kind of grown in popularity and people are starting to recognize the genius that exists there. Yeah. You, you're an inspiration to someone else out there, at least, because I now follow Archer Hidden Jokes, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's something that I, I wanted to do for a long time, but I simply I don't have the time. But Archer is one of my favorite animations out there. And they have so many things hidden, especially in the script and everything that Archer says, that it's a waste that nobody is out there cataloging all of this stuff because it's genius. Really yeah, nice. uh, between that and Rick and Morty... There are just some amazing, good animated shows with with tons of these little hidden references, little little gems tucked away. They're awesome on you for your account and for the podcast because it's it's been great to see some of these things that I've that I've missed in, in BoJack Horseman for sure. Oh, thank you. I still have to watch Rick and Morty. I tried once and it didn't work out. It's pretty rough. I mean, it's at times offensive, but I think it's uh-huh. it's meant to be. I can see how maybe a lot of women might not like it. Yeah. It's definitely a guy a show, right? <laughs> yeah. It comes across to me as definitely as a guy show, but I would say give it another chance because it's a very philosophical show because underneath mm-hmm. there's some really, really interesting stuff going on. And if you can, if you watch it and you can get to get to season three, there's some absolutely incredible episodes in, in season three. I'm sure you've heard of the pickle Rick episode. Yeah. 
I was going to say that. Yeah, it's the only thing that I know. <laughs> Pickle Rick and then the, but they, they go to fight this, this character named World Ender. The whole episode is, it's just, a, I mean, one just set of running, one long running joke. It is incredible. And you definitely owe it to yourself to watch it, to get that far. Because I think you really, you really appreciate it. The fan base is so passionate oh, yeah, about yeah, this yeah. show. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like BoJack. If you don't like it, okay, you're not going to come even close to the animation or anything. But if you like BoJack, you just don't like the show. And watch once you start loving it and digging it and rewatching and everything and telling people to watch. And the Ricky and Marty fan base is pretty much the same. Everybody's so passionate about the show that I feel like there must be something there. Well, for me to find. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I get that. I, I agree 100%. There's, there's a handful of shows that I will watch over and over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. and, and number one on the list, my, this is my favorite, it's Orphan Black. I've seen it all the way through like six times. And, mm -hmm. and it has a super passionate fan base. That even the show's been gone for two years, the, the Clone Club, what they call it, is still very passionate about trying to keep anything alive from that show. I feel a lot the same way about BoJack, for sure, and I feel a lot the same way about Rick and Morty. You don't like it on the surface level. If you really like it, you are in, you know, 100%, and you just almost can't get enough of it. Okay, I'm going to try, and then I'll let you know to see what happens. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for watching this episode with me and for chatting with me. It's always so nice to talk to people that are passionate about the show as much as I am. Oh, yes, and my pleasure. I always like to ask people during this time of the show about the places that they live. And we were talking about how you are from Texas, but you're currently living in California, right Correct. next to me, actually. Uh, pretty close. Uh, Fresno. Um, it's about yeah. a couple hours, two, two and a half, three hours away from the Bay Area. Central California. Uh, they call it the Central Valley. And then, of course, in our backyard, one of the big claim to fame, claims to fame here is that right in our backyard an hour away is uh, three national parks. So you have Yosemite National Park and then uh, Sequoia National and mm -hmm. Kings Canyon are all, all right here. So, yeah. So if you ever have a chance to come to Fresno and go on your way to Yosemite or something, come check it out. Have you been to those parks? Do you have a favorite one? I have. Uh, I mean, it's hard not to love Yosemite. Unless you're not a fan of waterfalls and beautiful mountains and gorgeous trees, then, then I wouldn't go <laughs> there. But otherwise, it's, it's the beauty. You can't even put it in words. And you can see pictures of it. And it looks beautiful in pictures, but when you see it for yourself, there's just something awe-inspiring about it. Yeah, um, it's completely different. Yeah, and now's a great time because it's obviously hot down here in the valley, and it's much cooler up there in the mountains. Awesome. I'm really close now to that, so I have to check it out once. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm going to ask you for tips later. Sure, absolutely. Happy to, happy to help. <laughs> Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys tomorrow for another episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.